Welcome to Water from the Well, a work of the Church of Christ in Santa Clara. Hello, everyone. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Um, I'm here with Mike Wilson, a preacher at the uh, Santa Clara Church of Christ. And um, we're going to be talking today about what is the Bible. You know, last year we had an event, um, How Did We Get the Bible? It was well attended. But uh, this year we're going to be focusing on what is the Bible. So uh, what exactly is it and what does it mean to us? We're going to try to have some Bible studies uh, concerning this. And we want to invite you to those Bible studies. But we want to talk a little bit about the, the subject that we'll be going over in these studies. And so I'm going to uh, sit here and just have a conversation with Mike uh, about exactly what is the Bible. Welcome, Mike. Good to be here. Thank you, Sebastian. So we're going to have a series of uh, Bible lessons coming up, Mike, and we're going to talk about uh, what the Bible is. And um, can you just give us just a summary of uh, of your thoughts on what the Bible is? Okay, the word Bible comes from the Greek word biblos, which is the first word in the Gospel of Matthew, which is the first book in our present arrangements of the New Testament. And biblos simply means book. The Bible is what we often refer to as the book of books. Uh, most Bibles have some designation on the cover, maybe Holy Bible, which means that it's not an ordinary book, but a book given to humankind from God. And basically, the long and short of it is, is the Bible is God's message to mankind. It's God's message of salvation to a lost humanity. It's what God wants us to know. And if you were to, to just ask yourself the question, if uh, God were to speak to, to humankind, to men and women everywhere, what would he say? And the answer is what you read in the Bible. That's the, the short answer, at least, that I would give. Is the Bible just a storybook of religious history about a group of people who are no longer living? The Bible does contain history. It contains sacred history. But the purpose of that is to give us kind of some background of a, of a God who intervenes in human history and interweaves with human history to basically position himself as active and involved in human affairs. It's not just history. You have in the Bible law, you have history, you have poetry, you have prophecy. You have four Gospels, accounts of the life of Christ. You have letters to individuals and churches in the New Testament. And so there are many different types of literature in the Bible. And God uses many different uh, literary vehicles and avenues in which to try to communicate his, his message to mankind. But uh, it's not just a bunch of uh, history about dead people that, that doesn't relate to my life in any way, shape, or form. In fact, one statement in the New Testament in Hebrews 4.12 is that the Bible is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, in the sense that it pierces our hearts precisely because it is relevant. Uh, God uses the prism of things that have happened in the past to draw out lessons that are timeless and universal. And uh, so the, the basic message of the Bible applies to all people of all cultures, to everyone, and uh, it's more uh, modern than uh, the news that you read on the internet. 
you're saying that there's a message for us in the Bible. Um, but when we read the Bible, you know, a lot of times we'll, we'll think about the events that happen in it that are more supernatural. Uh, parting of the Red Sea or people being raised from the dead, that type of thing that isn't going on today. Is there a message that we get out of the Bible or is there a human element to the Bible that we can relate to? Well, there is a human element. You have to remember that that there's a, a vast difference between God and us. And so God stoops down to our level in human language, human logic, human thought forms, human vocabulary, human ways of, of getting the message across, including human points of reference. And so he designated human beings in the form of prophets, apostles, and others, that, and used their personality, their, their linguistic patterns, and so on, through which to convey his message to us. And so in a sense, you might say that the Bible has a kind of a dual authorship. You have God's role and you have the role of human beings that were designated and chosen by God to convey his message. And so, um, yes, you have a human element there, but uh, it's human beings who are guided by God to convey a supernatural message. And now, because of that, you're going to have some supernatural events that uh, have, have to do with validating the credentials of the prophets and, and the messengers, as well as validating the message itself. Um, the supernatural events have to do with predicted prophecies that are fulfilled, miracles that uh, are, are done before eyewitnesses, and, and other extraordinary displays of supernatural power to validate uh, the message. But the message itself is remarkably um, uh, down to earth. Um, Deuteronomy 30 in the Old Testament makes the point by God to the Israelites that this message is not out in the ozone layer. It's, it's not out in outer space. You don't have to go up to get it. You don't have to cross the sea to get it. In fact, I've come down to your level. It's in your heart and in your mouth. I've given you a message that you can you can regurgitate, you can you can internalize, you can you you can memorize, you can speak, and so it's a it's a message that that has all kinds of common denominators to which you can relate because and, and the reason for that is we have a God who really loves people, and He's done everything possible to stoop down to our level to give us a message that, that we can fully relate to, internalize, and, and put into practice. There are some people who believe that the Bible is just a book of myths and legends, but um, is it your understanding then that if we study it, uh, that we can understand that this is actually God talking to us, this is a message from God to us even today? I know there are a lot of sweeping statements that often go unchallenged about the Bible being nothing but a, a bunch of myths and legends, but I'm amazed at how often the Bible is anchored to actual events that we can compare in the known world. When you compare uh, actual events to what can be known from archaeology or what can be known from the literature of other ancient peoples, you have uh, the Gospel of, of Luke, for example, saying in, uh, uh, in chapter 2, verse 1, in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. 
This was the first registration when Quirinius was the governor of, of, of Syria. You have in chapter three ver, uh, of Luke, uh, in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetrarch of the region of Iturea and Trachonitis, Licinius, tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah. Now, these are all people that were known from secular history. Josephus, the first century historian, for example, talks about all of these guys. And, and so this is not something where you have a message of God that just kind of plops down out of outer space in the middle of nowhere. No, it, it's, it's a real world of time and space. And that doesn't happen with myths and legends. Even with fairy tales, you have, um, you know, once upon a time, <laughs> a long, long time ago, and you have no anchor there in the real world of, of history. Well, that that's the farthest thing from the, the truth of what we have in, in the Bible. We have real world events, uh, real historicity, and uh, real eyewitnesses, people that we know that lived who intersect with this. And so uh, we're not dealing with fairy tales. We're dealing with eyewitnesses who often report the message. And so, um, no, I would, I would not uh, say that we're dealing with a book of myths and legends at all. We're dealing with a God who intervenes in human history because he's very interested in the real world of real human beings. So let's say that we accept that. So the Bible is not just a book of myths and legends, but it's a message from God to his people. Is that message relevant for us today? Is that something that we should take seriously? Well, it should. It, it, people should take it seriously. Um, we, you know, if you if you got a message from someone who is really really important, you would probably uh, take that message more seriously than than uh, you know the junk mail that comes uh, into your mailbox that uh, isn't very important. Um, when we, we have a message of God to human beings, then we should sit up and take notice of that. And that certainly the claim is there. And there are proofs that back up the claim, again, in the form of, of predicted prophecies, fulfilled supernatural events, miracles, and so on. But the bottom line is the message itself is aimed at your heart. Uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 in the New Testament speaks of this issue when it says all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And so there you have it. You have a message of God that is eminently practical to our lives. And uh, as far as the main message of the Bible is concerned, that should also cause us to, to sit up and take notice. Because if I had to summarize the message of the Bible, it would be uh, in three simple terms. Number one, God is, is saying to us that because of, of sin, we are lost and we have, we have forfeited our right relationship with God who put us here. And so the second message of the Bible is in spite of us being lost, God has gone to great pains through his grace and mercy to provide an avenue whereby we might be restored to a relationship with him. And the third great message of the Bible is, here is what God wants us to know, 
and to do in terms of taking action um, in, in being restored to him. In other words, he, he offers this to all of humanity, but he basically puts conditions on it and says only those who meet the conditions are going to be in a right covenant relationship with me. And so this is my message to you that you're in a, a world of trouble and I have come to, to offer a rescue operation, but this is what you must do in order to be right with me once again. All right, wonderful. You know, Mike, uh, we'll talk about uh, these uh, things, these topics that we just talked about in more detail in the classes that I will have coming up. Um, can you go over with us just what are the main sections of the Bible? In really simple terms, you have an Old Testament and a New Testament. So when you open up a Bible and you, and you look at the table of contents in the beginning, uh, you have 39 books of the Old Testament and 27 books of the New Testament, 66 books in all. The, these are sections. And uh, ba basically, what we're talking about a unifying thread of a message that runs throughout the Bible that was written over a period of at least 1,500 years by at least 40 human authors who co-authored with, with God Almighty um, on at least three continents. And, and yet the amazing thing is you have a, a, a unified message that, that runs throughout it all. And so um, the bottom line is the Old Testament is God's preparation for sending the central figure of the Bible into the world, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of God. And the New Testament of Jesus Christ is God's message that applies to us in all of its specifics today doesn't mean the, un the Old Testament is unimportant. It just means that, that the Old Testament prepares the world for Jesus. The New Testament tells us what Jesus did, what his message is all about, and what God's final uh, message to mankind is from here till the end of time, including what, what he wants us specifically to know. And so I would study all of the Bible, but I'd pay special attention to that New Testament. And people that are looking at the Bible, you know, they may ask that question. They may ask, okay, uh, we've got an Old Testament, we've got a New Testament. Um, which part of that applies to me? I mean, do I really need to read the Old Testament if only the New Testament applies to me or vice versa? Uh, what would you say to uh, someone who's asking that question? Well, there are all kinds of correlations. So I, I mentioned fulfilled prophecies, for example. You, you have a lot of amazing, stunning details of prophecy written hundreds of years in advance that apply to Jesus Christ. And, and even Jesus Christ doesn't appear out of nowhere in a vacuum. You've got a, a, an entire history. It's, it's kind of like rolling out the red carpet in advance where you have a number of, of preliminary acts before you have the main act. And uh, what God is doing in the Old Testament is he's preparing the world for the coming of Jesus. and um, if I, again, summarize this in, in, in the terms of the big picture, you have, by studying both Testaments, answers to the great questions of life. Where did I come from? Why am I here? Where am I going? And if you, if you didn't have the Old Testament, you, you'd have some blanks on some of that. Uh, you have more details, more background information. Um, even though the New Testament is what specifically applies today, 
the Old Testament fills in a lot of those details and gives you a richer, fuller understanding of the whole picture. Any of you who would like to sit down with us and study this topic, please visit truthseekers.org. And up in the uh, upper right, you'll see where you can contact us. We would like to ask that you just leave your name and contact information. And we'll set up a Bible study so that we could talk about this more. Again, this is uh, very important to us if we understand uh, how we got the Bible, uh, to understand what is the Bible, what does it mean to us, and um, how should we respond to the message that we get from it. I want to thank you for your time today, Mike. And again, uh, please visit truthseekers.org, upper right-hand corner, the Contact Us link, leave your information. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. For more about us, check us out at truthseekers.org. There you'll find our links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube.